it is a great day, and we are finishing, as Josh said, our unstuck, uh, unstuck series. That's it. It all happens online, I can tell you. Like two weeks ago, I was, it, there was five minutes to go live, so I knew there was five minutes to go, but I, I needed this piece of tape for something, and it wasn't just a like, piece of like sellotape, it was like a little bit thicker than that, and I'm trying to break it with, with my hands, and it's just not working, and without thinking, and because I was in such a hurry, I decided to stick it between my teeth and rip it, rip it and break it, and I did. The funny thing was, something else come flying out. That's right. It was my porcelain veneer. Oh, no. So if you've got a porcelain veneer, you'll know, like, my tooth is still there, but it's shaved down so the veneer can go on it. So now I look like a chipmunk, right? Not cool. Not cool. And, like, of course, you online people didn't know this was going on because we were cool as. But... What happens then, I am freaking out. So my stress level goes from about here, because I'm about to go live, to I'm not even tall enough to do how high it was. It was like up there. And I'm like, what do I do? What do Because it's my front tooth. Hello? It's kind of obvious. So I go into the studio and I go, Hannah. Hannah looks after production. I'm like, Hannah, in the studio. We go in there. Hannah and Kathy are in there. I'm like, my tooth, look at my tooth. I'm like, I am looking in the mirror like, oh my God, this is like a nightmare. This is like your worst nightmare. You've, you know, it's like you're five years old and you've lost your front tooth. But I'm going, what, do we, what are we going to do? What do I do? What do I do? And I think to myself, well, I know what fixes everything. Normally either blue tack or WD-40. That's my answer to everything, right? Blue tack, W. And I'm like, has anyone got any blue tack? And, and, and then... And then Kathy, who's behind the camera, hey, Kathy. Kathy goes, I've got some chewing gum. And so she gives me a piece of chewing gum. So I'm chewing it on this side because I look like a chipmunk on that one. I'm chewing it on this side. I get a bit of, of, of chewing gum and I stick it on my porcelain veneer. And at this time, my team rally, like online on Zoom, is happening. I'm like, turn it away from me so they can't see what I'm doing. I'm trying to stick my tooth in. I've got one minute to go. I'm like, oh my gosh, panicked, I'm panicked. And, and so I stick it in, and then I, I look in the mirror, I'm like, hey, awesome. How's that? So then, all of a sudden, it's like, you're live. I'm like, welcome to C3 Powerhouse Online. <laughs> so cool, right? Isn't that cool? Oh my goodness. But what happened, of course, do you know how much you actually use, like, because I'm thinking, keep my tongue away from my front tooth, because I don't want to end up, you know, pushing it out. Do you know how much you use your tongue behind your front teeth? A lot, believe me. Every time I was speaking, I, I don't know whether I was lisping that day, but I was trying to keep it away from my, from my tooth. So that's what happens though, but that's what happens. When you need help, you ask other people. And then, and then of course, I rang uh, during the service, I rang the dentist, ask a professional. So at three o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, I got my tooth all fixed up and we're back in business. Like, oh, isn't that good? Come on. God is good. Give him a hand. So I'm going to talk about how we can get stuck emotionally. We've talked over the series about how you can get stuck in relationships, how you can get stuck in, in lots of different areas, like with finances. And, and you can go back and uh, look at the 
look at the oh, look at the YouTube. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube or on the podcast. But today I'm going to be talking about getting unstuck, mainly from trauma. Getting unstuck from trauma. I know all of a sudden it was like happy, happy, and now it's like ooh. But believe me, it, it is like come on, God's all over this. So, so although my flying, you know porcelain veneer thing happening, that was not a trauma. It was a very high stressful time. And if I didn't get it sorted out though, it could have become a trauma. Like I would have been walking around like that all day. Like seriously, that's so bad. The word trauma, it comes from the Greek word for wound. Wound. Like trauma is an experience or a feeling either overwhelmed, paralyzed, helpless, from a deeply traumatizing event in your life. And it can happen at any age. And usually, you know, you'd be sitting there, you may be even thinking now, oh yeah, that, oh yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's a, a thing, you know, and it can come from lots of different areas. It can come from abuse. It can come from physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. It can come from abandonment, mistreatment, rejection, betrayal, Severe illness or injury, death of a loved one. I remember when my grandfather died, that was the first person that, was, that I'd been so close to when he passed away. I, I did. It took me a long time to get over that. I didn't realize that there was a trauma from that with me, but I, I, was, I was a different person because that's what happens when trauma comes. It can change you. Uh, like divorce, a violent accident, I've been in a massive car accident, uh, should have died, but didn't. And I didn't even realize that that was a trauma, but it changed me because from that day forward, I thought, I'm not going to waste my life. I'm going to live like it's my last day. I could have died in that accident, but I didn't. So, but it's a trauma, but it changes you. But sometimes it doesn't, it, it doesn't change you for like good. It can change you. Uh, it can be like you might have been a victim of a crime. You might have got robbed. It may have been a natural disaster. Earthquakes. I mean, I know some people that were in the earthquakes in Christchurch, and, and just now things are starting to come out in their children and themselves. So th these are, you know, fires, uh, war. You, you would have heard like a lot of veterans have what they call post-traumatic uh, stress disorder. Like, but, but that's trauma. And what trauma can lead to is depression, anxiety, alcohol and drug use. Uh, it can impact families, uh, relationships, friends, and your work. And in the Bible, there's David. He, he's, he was the king. David, I love King David. But he suffered a lot of personal tragedy. He fought in many battles. Uh, the Amalekites captured all the women and children of his army, including his own two wives and took them. And after he demonstrated his grief, his actual men turned on him and they wanted to stone him. Like that's throw rocks at him. They wanted to stone him and kill him. You know, that's trauma. Uh, he lost his baby son that he had with Bathsheba. He lost a, a baby. He lost his, uh, his son Amnon, raped his daughter Tamar. This is all in the Bible, which led to his son Absalom killing his brother, and, you know, like this is what happens. Like, so things that are around you in your family, they can cause tremendous, I mean, after all these, and there's so many more in David's life, you'd think like David would have been like messed up. And David was, he did have some messed up times, 
But because he accepted help and support from others, because he focused on the truth, and because he trusted God, he went on to conquer and be victorious in Jesus. So my dad, my dad seven years ago, my dad was, uh, he worked in a, a shipping container park and he saw that one of the containers was too high. They're, they're 40 foot containers, so, but they're, they're supposed to be, I don't know how high. But anyway, one was higher, so he decided to get out there and get it off. When he was taking it off, it hadn't been locked in properly. So it actually fell right on top of the forklift. Like, so my dad, like all my father could see was a 40-foot container coming towards him. Not only did that happen, it hit a power line, which was live. The power line came down right beside him. Not only did it come right beside him, it swung over to a person that was near him. My dad was absolutely traumatized in that moment. He didn't know it. I remember him, him calling me, like, miraculously, he was not hurt, not physically. The person that was by him was not hurt either. That's miraculous. But he, you know, that day changed his life totally. It changed him. And I remember Dad telling me about it, and I'm like, Dad, you need to see someone. Kia ora, Dad, if you're watching. Like, like, like so, and kia ora to all the family as well. Like, if you, so I'm going, Dad, you know, you need to see somebody. Get some help. Like my, my dad believes about God. I uh, hadn't been attending church, so I'm going, Dad, I'm praying for you. And, and he was going like, thank you. You know, thanks for praying for me. Four months went past and, and nothing had happened. He, and I thought, oh, he, he must be okay. Like he's, but then he came to, to my place for my son's 21st birthday. And while he was there, I noticed that he was different. He was a lot quieter. Like, if you know my dad, he's like funny. Yeah, you are dad. Like, he is like ha-ha funny. Not, not funny, weird, funny ha-ha. <laughs> so, so you know, my dad's pretty funny. And then one, one time I was driving, we were driving someone and he was sitting next to me in the car and I went to turn a corner and he turned the wheel. I'm like, whoa, what are you doing, dad? I mean, I've been driving forever. He's never, ever done that before. And I'm thinking, that is weird. Like, he seems nervous in the car. And, and then we heard a loud noise and... And he, he was startled. I'm thinking, what on What's going on? And then the night of the party, he was teary. And I, th I thought, oh, Dad, he must be really, like, proud of Ivan. You know, it's his 21st birthday and that he's, he seems teary. But he kept saying to me, I don't know what's going on in your house, Teresa, but there's something, go there's something going on. Like, I, I had the best sleep, but I feel, I feel, I don't know what I feel. Like, he was tearing up. He was tearing up. And then... That night was uh, something that changed his life as well because that next morning we were at breakfast and he told us what had been going on on the inside of him for the last four months. Every loud noise, he would go like that. Every time he went to work, up his arms and up his legs would start shaking. He would get shakes on the inside. He couldn't sleep properly at night. He kept reliving the moment, just seeing that container falling towards him, seeing the power line coming. You know, like, because a life-threatening thing can be traumatizing. He kept reliving that. Every time he even went past where he worked, he would start getting those shakes up his arm. Like he, it's like he'd lost his confidence. He'd lost his smile. Some of the, the, the party on the inside of them had, had just gone. It had gone. He was, 
And it was just incredible. And I, I'm like, Dad, you need to see somebody. You need to see someone, Dad. And, and he goes, the only thing that has kept me going for the last four months is I've been praying to God 24-7. How's that? I did not know that. It, it just blew my mind that my father had turned to God because he had nowhere else to go. He turned to God. He, to, he, he, he wanted to keep it on the inside. You know, my dad, like he's old school. You know, like he's brought up on a farm. Like, you're just tough. You know, get over it. Toughen up. Those are, those are sort of, you know. But he, he started to withdraw from people because he got stuck in what he thought he was supposed to be. You see, we can get stuck in what we think we're supposed to be instead of what God has called us to be. He told my uncle in New Zealand, my uncle Paul, who is a minister, he said, you know, I've been praying 24-7 for four months, and the big fella, you know, he's done nothing. <laughs> That's what he's telling my uncle. My uncle says to him, you're still here, aren't you? Whoa, that was a revelation for my dad. My dad rang me up and he goes, here I was, I felt stupid. He goes, here I was complaining to Uncle Paul about, you know, the, the big fella is not doing anything. And then he goes, you're still here, aren't you? Like it was a revelation for him that the only thing that had kept him going these last four months, just hanging on by a thread, was prayer, was prayer. So uh, once, once he got home, he has never actually went back to that job because uh, he, he started getting help, and it took time. It took time, it took prayer, it took friends, and it took professional help. Like he went and sought a psychologist, but he's good now, my dad. It took time. You know, because things, they can come into our hearts, and all the issues of life actually flow out of our hearts. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. In Proverbs 27, 19, it says, As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. What's in your heart is important. And we spend a lot of time checking what we see on the outside. We, we spend a lot of time in the mirror, like checking our face, checking if our teeth are there, all those sorts of things. We, we check time, you know, we do it all the time. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. We, our bodies, what they're looking like, woo, do those jeans make me look fat? Eh, it's not the jeans. But anyway, like, like we, we, we do that. We look at the outside. We look at the outside. But how much time do we actually spend looking at what's going on on the inside, looking at our emotions? God cares about all of your life, not just your physical and spiritual life. He cares about your emotional life. Uh, so, you know, we live our lives from the inside out. So that's why it's so important to look on the inside. So how can we get unstuck from trauma? My, my first point, I've already mentioned it. Uh, like, we accept help and support from others. You know, we're wired to need each other. We're not meant to be isolated all by ourselves. We need someone who's actually been through what we're going through because they are the best people to help us get past it. They are. Now, you know, our families can really help us. That's why we, a lot of time when things go wrong, we turn to our family. But if you don't have a family, you've got a family right here, right online. You've got a family. We have groups that you can go in that you can share what is going on in your life. People care about you. 
People care about your life. People care about what is happening in your life. So we need to accept that though. We need to accept that. Be open to help and support. In 2 Corinthians 1, 4, it says, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. We're here to help people go through. There's plenty of things in your life that you've been through that have been traumatic, that have been highly emotional, but you're through it. You need to help people who are going through that same thing because you're the best person to do that. Best person to do that. You know, my dad, um, he started talking to people about it like after he was going to the psychology, he started telling people that he worked with and he was shocked at how many of those same guys had had the same thing. Some of them had just left, left the job and just gone on and thinking that if they leave that job, it's you know, gonna stay there. Unfortunately, when it's emotional, it's with you because it's in your heart. Even if they leave a job, it's still there. The trauma is still on the inside. So my dad was actually able to help them like, hey, you need to go and get some help, you know? Like, need to pray a little, need to get some help, need to go and see somebody. Get, like, these shrink guys, they're pretty good, you know? They know what's going on. So that's what happens, though, when you uh, start to talk to people. You can help them. So healing, it can be like a marathon. It requires preparation. It requires repeated practice. It requires courage. You need courage to get through things determination and the support of others. And, and as I mentioned, in some cases, professional help. I know God's speaking to some of you right now that you may have been putting off getting professional help. Don't put it off. Like you can talk to one of the pastors afterwards, but we, we've got referrals that we can refer you to. So that's my first one. Accept, accept help and the support of others. Second thing to get unstuck from trauma is Focus on what is true, not on what you feel. You need to differ, differentiate between feelings and facts. Feelings are created from the stories you tell yourself in your mind. And these very feelings create your perception of the situation. Feelings are not facts. Feelings are not facts. In Philippians 4, eight to, uh, verse eight to nine, it says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. When we think on the truth, when we think on noble things, when we think on righteous things, when we think on pure things, when we think on admirable things, the peace of God will be with you. That is so, so powerful. See, emotions, your emotions and feelings, they can get disconnected and distorted. It can, there can be numbing going on, feeling isolated. You just want to isolate and get away from people. And, and you think that, you know, maybe, you know, lying in front of Netflix for hours is going to do something. It's just not. It's not. I know I've tried that myself does not work. So, but sometimes, you know, uh, not only that, sometimes victims can blame themselves for what's happened to them. They might be thinking, you know, you know, I deserve it. 
Like really, I asked for it. I made it happen. It's, it's like my fault. Like if, if I hadn't have done that, maybe that should have happened. I mean, that is an absolute lie. It is a lie. It's a lie of the devil. That's why we don't go by feelings. We go by facts. So we, we, we look for the truth. Listen to the truth, not your feelings, because it's not your fault. That's what you need to be, be saying. It's not my fault. It's not my identity. And it's not my future. Don't let the lie hold you back from everything that God has called you to do. And in John 8:32 it says, "And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth of God will set you free. Not feelings. So that's number two. Focus on what is true and not what you feel. And, and the last thing is, trust God for the strength to recover. You need hope. You need faith. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God is a hope for you. God is a future for you. We need hope. Trust God to strengthen you in hope. Trust God to strengthen you to recover. Trust God to strengthen you in your faith. In Psalm 147.3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. I said that trauma is the Greek word for wound. When you have a wound, if you don't uh, let it out into the sunshine and give it a little bit of air, what happens? You know, if you just cover it up with a little Band-Aid, I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, Band-Aid, it's just a Band-Aid, really. You put it on, it doesn't actually heal it, it just hides it. And sometimes with our wounds, we can hide them. But what happens if you hide a wound and you don't take care of it and you don't deal with it? It starts to fester. It starts to get pussy. It starts to smell. It just, ew, it's disgusting. It just starts to, but what happens? It starts to get poison in it. Then it starts to affect your whole body. Trauma can be the same way. If you don't heal it, if you don't accept help, if you don't find help, if you don't focus on the truth, it can start to fester and it can affect every relationship that you have. That's why a lot of families, they think, what on earth has happened with this family member? Like, ooh, like, you know, get away from me. But a lot of the time they're growing, going through stuff. I let the wound heal. And you can only do that by bringing it into the light. When you bring that into the light, you can do that. So, uh, yeah, it is a wound. And one of the things that, you know, you need to be around, you need to be in, like, instead of, like, air to, for the wound, you need to be in an atmosphere, an atmosphere that flows with faith, an atmosphere that flows with forgiveness, an atmosphere that flows with hope, and an atmosphere that flows with love. And you can find that in church. You can find that around your family. You can find that in a group, or a group family. But get around an atmosphere where you can be healed. See, sometimes time, they say, you know, time heals all things. That's not really true. Time can be a healer, but sometimes time is a herder. Because the longer it's left, the harder it can be to actually heal. So don't leave wounds. Deal with them. And your step to doing that is actually seeing someone 
asking for help and, uh, you know, finding that support. Don't let the lies of the devil be in your mind, but let it be the truth. Learn to forgive, you know. You can be bitter or you can want to get better. That, that's just the thing about that. You know, when you hold on to hurt and it's not actually hurting the other person, forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is not even natural. And forgiveness is not fast sometimes, but forgiveness is for your own sake. It's for you. It's a gift for you. So I just want to uh, pray. I'm going to spend some time just, I want to pray for all those because I, I can feel God's presence here to heal. But it doesn't mean it's all over today. This is the beginning. So if you just close your eyes, you know, you might be here today and, and you know that it's, this has been speaking to you. There might have been trauma. Trauma can sometimes happen with failure, failure from the past or shame and guilt. Or maybe you have been abused in the past, physically, emotionally, or sexually. Like Jesus wants to heal you. He's here to heal. He's a restorer. It might have been divorce as a kid, or might have been a divorce that you've been involved in yourself. I mean, I was six years old when my parents divorced, and then I've been divorced myself. So both of those things have been traumas. You know, it's heartbreaking. Anything heartbreaking can be a trauma. It may, it may be the death of a loved one or an accident, unfair dismissal, humiliation, neglect. But you know, Jesus, he wants to minister to you today. He wants to heal you. So just close your eyes. Close your eyes, all those watching online too. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that you see every heart. And I thank you, Lord, that we know that we live our life from the inside out. So Father, I pray today you see every heart and you know what's happening on the inside of it, Lord. Father, I pray that you would pour your love into every heart by your Spirit. Your love, Lord, that conquers all things. Your love that restores and brings the truth. Your love, Lord, that washes away every sin. Lord, I pray right now you're speaking to each person individually, that you're bringing hope, that you're bringing love, that you're pouring out your peace, Father. And right now, I bind the lies that might be going around in your head about not being worthy, about not being good enough, about it's all my fault, about it, I deserved it. It's a lie. And we come against every lie. And Father, I ask that you would break it now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just thank you that you're a good God and you love every person. I feel your presence poured out, hearts being mended, things coming to the surface. Thank you, Father. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just got a picture, and it could be for people online. I just saw it's like an operation, God moving in and starting to work on it. And I really feel that. I believe that. People felt something going on in their heart. You know, and He's equipped, and He's equipped you. But I feel God has given you even revelation of what to do next, whether it's see a pastor, whether it's get in a group, whether it's tell someone that you trust something that you haven't told them before. Do you know shame is like mold? It grows in the dark. I feel that there was, you know, a spirit of shame broken. Shame can be such a damaging thing because you just want to hold it and you don't want to tell anybody about it. But when you actually bring things into the light, that's when it can be healed. God can step in and heal it. People can help you. So today, don't delay. Do something about it. You can email me online. You can see a pastor here today. You can get a referral, whatever it is. But God loves you. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand. He's so good. So good. Hey, we're going to release our online crew. Great seeing you guys. See you later, team. Love you heaps. I'll see you next week. Bless you.